Hey friends, it's Lacey here and I'm with Drew. We are today going to expound upon personal development in a way that hopes hopefully gets you moving and excited. We will talk about ways that it has helped us on our homestead and ways that you can take it and simply run with it. And maybe you hate it, but I think you'll have a new appreciation for it by the end based on our arguments. We'll see. Uh, we'll also share some of our favorite books um, and, and things and tools that we've used to sort of grow ourselves personally. Anyway, have a listen and let us know what you think. Hey friends! Welcome to The Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned. Everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. Okay, so here we go talking about personal development. So in the world of growing your own business, being an entrepreneur, personal development is one of the main things people talk about. It's one of those things where, you know, you probably can envision some guy up on the stage really trying to pump you up. <laughs> I always think of Tony Robbins. Tony he's, Robbins. He's sort yeah. of the pinnacle of, of I don't know, self-help, self-development. Right. Um, but I think self-development has kind of a bad name. So I, I don't know if I was raised to think it was hokey or if it's just in our culture, so to speak. It's just out there and and... You know, when you think of self-development, you kind of think of that cheese ball. I'm just trying to make myself better, whispering things in your ear kind of thing. I don't know. But for us, it's been a... So what's wrong with making yourself better? I don't know. I think there's like that. We've talked about this a little with self-care, that self-focus that... um, that Yeah, so this is self-care or the other one was self-care. This is personal development, which... To me, feels very similar. Does it? So, um, yeah, I'm curious how we're going to go down a different road here. You read, you should have read through my notes. I, I know, like I should have. Like almost literally no overlap, but that is a theme we've been going over is the self-development kind of outlook and um, self-care and all the things that go along with sort of tending to one's own soul in a way. I don't right, know. okay. Um, but personal development is kind of a specific specific area. Let's see my notes here. Personal development is really just learning. I mean, I think that that's what it boils down to. And I think it's specifically trying to learn more about yourself. And I think sometimes we think, oh, I know myself or, you know, oh, I know what's wrong with me. Or um, sometimes when I uh, talk to people who aren't into self-development, and this would have been me before I got into it, um, it's sort of a, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, not, not, not really worried no, about no it. No room for improvement <laughs> at all? Well, I don't even know if that's that's it so much as it's just like, you know, just, okay, whatever. Life is life and, yeah, you know, whatever. There's, I, like, you don't have any control. Maybe it's like that idea of somehow you can change the outcome through doing your, like, this work about exploring yourself. I don't know. It feels a little yeah, I think overwhelming. Yeah, I think some people get kind of caught up in like being worried about what's going to happen when you do start discovering what's going on. Um, yeah. Potentially there's this big wall of fear. You know, yeah. yeah. And there's like a kind of, I've been bottling it up and I kind of want to just keep things bottled up and not deal with it. I think it can go the other way too. I, I definitely see that side, but I also see people being like, well, I'm good enough. You know, things are good. I don't want to mess with it. Right. You know, like just go on with like the quid pro quo or whatever as is. And just maintain whatever quality it is that you're living at. Like, yeah, I, th- I think that was probably more where I was at. Like, no, things are good. I don't, <laughs> right? You know, I don't need to dive too deep into that. But, 
Um, I think that's the first kind of revelation is learning that personal development is not just, you know, developing yourself in such an obvious way. It's more about just learning and expanding your, your depth of understanding and knowledge and connection and all of those things through just learning. And yeah, it might be learning about personalities. It might be learning about uh, archetypes. It might be learning about things that are specific to how you think and act, but it's still just learning. Yeah. I mean, I think about it recently, our family has been reading the four agreements book, which um, I feel like I've heard of it before, but oh, yeah, I've seen it everywhere. I always kind of thought maybe it was kind of hokey, but the reality of it is like the four agreements are like kind of four life rules to live by. And I know the one that keeps going through my mind <laughs> is like, don't, th- don't take things personally. Mm. And, um, I think that that one, you could spend a lifetime on that one agreement, like learning how to not take things personally, um, is really, really challenging. Yeah. But the more that you can do that and just being aware of it, I think is the key to personal development is, it's not that you're going to change who you are overnight, but now I'm aware of, okay, I really shouldn't take criticism from other people personally. Most likely those people are dealing with something or they always are dealing with something of their own that they're working through. Sometimes they project that on me. Sometimes they have my best interest but it's not a personal attack on me. And um, working through that and thinking about that on every circumstance is really a great, I think, example of personal development is trying to um, trying to sit with that and, you know, build upon that concept. And then maybe, you know, a year from now, add another one or, you yeah. know. Well, know. it's interesting. I think we should come back with just that book and talk about it with everyone because it's so good and so deep. Depth. There's so much depth to it, I think, that we could kind of uncover um, for folks. But the one, and it's kind of a short book, too. We've been reading it, actually, with the kids. So it's not like this hard-to-chew, um, overwhelming personal development book. But um, it, like the, some of the ones that we've read are really kind of out there a little bit. And and I wouldn't want to read them with the children, necessarily. Not because they, they w- it would be dangerous, just because it would be a lot of just to think about. Um But I think one of the things that when you start doing personal development, it gives you a little bit more freedom because you realize that everyone else is on a different path when it comes to their own personal development. And so when it comes to like thinking and taking things personally, you know, it doesn't even have to be a criticism, but no matter how anyone behaves, it can be, it can be hurtful and it doesn't necessarily even have to be directed at you or maybe this is me, but I, I often feel hurt even when the person had nothing, had, didn't have me in mind at all, right? Like I was not a part of the conversation or their thought or, you know, it just hap- so happens that what happened hurt my feelings because I took it personally. And so a lot of times when I'm taking things, like when I'm hurting, when I'm feeling those things, now I can say, okay, what am I taking personally that probably is not even meant for me, you know, or what triggered that reaction in me? It's more about me than it is about them. I think this is a good topic too. I was just thinking that this is coming out like the week right before Christmas. Mm, so big holidays, big, are big holidays, which <laughs> sorry, we didn't get it out for Thanksgiving, but, um, <laughs> you know, getting around family and, uh, learning how to not take things personally from family is, uh, that, that would be a life achievement. Family, loved ones, anyone. Yeah. And I think about that also, ironically, like bringing it back to the homestead, not taking things personally, um, animals. 
animals, oh, animals plants. can be <laughs> well i just mean like animals can be the complete buttholes yeah you know but they're just animals they're being animals that don't think a cow tossing the hay off of the back of the tractor or, you know, whatever really means me. The sheep getting out and running all over the, yeah, the property. Yeah, yeah, Oh, that's like the most, what is that like? Whatever I said while I was working, cattle doesn't count or whatever I said. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me. Like, oh, yeah. that that was it is like there's someone standing at the gates of heaven and God's like, well, your whole life was perfect except <laughs> when you worked cattle and uh, yeah. so you can't get in. It, but yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of like a, with the homesteading world, that's I feel like a great example of yeah plants, even like garden. Like what did what did I do to deserve <laughs> this whole garden dying? Oh yeah, I mean you could have what you think is the most beautiful crop of sweet potatoes, and yeah. the greens look amazing, and then you dig it out, and there's not one single sweet potato right. to be salvaged because the gophers had their go, yeah, or the voles or whatever. And so yeah, I mean I think all of it can feel very personal if we let it be. But yeah, so that just from that one book. So that's, I mean, that really just is the whole thing with personal development. What can you do that makes you think um, and kind of not even think it's not even self-development. It's almost like getting outside your self-development. You know, it's like stop being so focused on yourself and let's put things into perspective. So um, learning is the number one key to, to, to self-development. And, and obviously that's going to be a really big deal on the homestead. And we'll come back to that a little bit, but um, learning about oneself and what makes us tick, um, the things that inspire us, what we dread, what our strengths are and how we like to work. All of those things um, are a key to self-development. And um, for me have been really interesting we've done so many different tests like personality tests. And, um, I've recently done an archetypal test on like how I like to run my business. Um, we've done the love languages test. Um, we've done, you name it, every test strengths finder. Um, all of those tests, it's funny because people are like, Oh, I've taken every test. I don't need to take anymore. But I, I do really think that there's so many different angles of our personalities that every single one of those has been helpful for me. Um, and helps me understand who I am and then also who Drew is and how we work better together, how I can approach him in one way and that would be offensive. And if I do it in a different way, it might it's like be productive. slightly uh, in a different way. Like maybe she can manipulate me to get me to do what I want. I feel like what manipulation is not, it's, it's just a knowledgeable approach. It's like lever- approach. leveraging your knowledge of how I think. And vice versa. Yeah. I mean, how I think too, because, right. you know, I know what my strengths are and, and sometimes, you know, some, not just Drew, but other people will want me to do things outside of that. And it stresses, it puts me in a state of stress. And so knowing why, knowing that it's not my strength and being able to say, you know, that's really not my strength. Here's what I'd be better at doing. And this is how I would be better at serving. Um, you know, that can really help you kind of partner up and collaborate even more effectively, whether it's on yeah. the homestead or at your, as you know, if you're doing entrepreneurial. I, I was going to say, bringing it back to the homestead, because, you know, I always like to bring it back to the homestead. Right. Um, I think one of the big things is like doing all the audits that we've done and doing the consulting work we've done with people is that you do see like people have certain strengths mm. and um, they usually when people have us out, they have not played to their strengths as well as Absolutely. they, as well as they could have. And, um, Absolutely. They're you know, kind of doing all the things and right. not necessarily the things, like capital right. T things. And, yeah. and a lot of times you see people kind of defeated or depressed. And um, I think that comes from not having that 
connection to who you are that mm-hmm. that work in personal development of you know like what ultimately does bring me happiness mm-hmm. in personal development i think can be that simple of like going out and saying you know i would really like flowers on my homestead yeah you know like what brings me happiness is this or um my partner wants this thing so that they are happy Mm -hmm. you know and when you start doing those kind of things and start at like evaluating your mindset I think that's when homesteading goes from like drudgery to happiness um and a lot of times that can be within things being miserable you know like animals dying or plants dying Mm -hmm. if you have kind of the right mindset with it you can work through it better I think than um if you're not really working on that mindset, on that personal development, can we use mindset and personal development interchangeably or is that interchangeably? I think personal personal development, the education of one's self about oneself helps you be able to better master your mindset. And I think that is a key element because it's just, a, it's the ultimate like ability to say in any given moment, I have a choice about how to react, what to do in this situation. I think, right. you know, that's just w- probably life's biggest ability. And no matter what struggle you're going through, that is the, the like last human ability that no one can take away. That's Victor Frankl, right? Like writes all about that in his book and he was a Holocaust survivor. And in you, and you're in a trial and tribulation, clearly we're not, you know, living through the Holocaust on homestead, but right. it can feel very hopeless when the things that you are starting or you're pouring yourself into and you're just spinning your wheels and not seeing results that can feel pretty terrible. And, and we know that homesteaders quit. What is it? It's on average every... Every six years. Six years. It takes them two years to get going, two years to be happy, and then two years to sell everything. <laughs> wow. Yeah. generally how it is. Um, and I think I know, looking around at the people who have, have the, the uh, I would say, the homesteads that I want, it's something that they've done for their life, you know, like... They have homesteads that their trees are 20 years old. And, you know, I don't want to give up before I get to the stage where we've really settled in. And I don't want anyone else to either. You know, you plant those trees, you want to be there for the fruit from that, right? But when we get so worn out, because we aren't able to control our mindset, really is what it boils down to, then you know, what a, what a loss. And and I, that is not going to, that's not just going to be your homestead. That's going to cycle through your life again and again and again. So I think like an right? example of that is like our orchard that we've had for <laughs> almost 10 years now. And we just have not, there's a mind, there's definitely mindset work there of <laughs> like, we, we just kept the first year of our orchard. You've heard us talk about this before, but the first couple of years we planted it and we like took this Mark Shepard approach of we'll plant all these trees and the ones that survive survive, and then um, a lot of them died, and we because we didn't give them water, we didn't do anything else. If they didn't die, they surely did not thrive. They didn't thrive, <laughs> so they maybe got were stunted. I and guess. then I would say it was like year three. We were like, we need to give all these water, and we need to start mulching. We mm-hmm. need to start planting guilds, mm-hmm. and they started taking off some, but not that well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it hasn't been until like maybe two years ago, three years ago, that we were really like, man, the deer are just tearing these things up. Mm. And um, because of that, we realized that um, we had to do something about the deer. 
But there was a lot of times where Lacey and I would come out to the orchard and we'd be like, this orchard sucks. We've done so much work on this. It's almost embarrassing to have people come out because here we are like telling people how to start an orchard and ours is just like these measly sticks in the ground and like we might get like five apples. Mm. And the reality of it was the mindset work that we had to do that we just are getting to was that we ha- we were like looking in the wrong place. It wasn't that the trees weren't thriving. It was we weren't stopping the deer from eating the trees. Mm. And I don't well, know. I think that brings up a good point because I think one of the things that we have to do in life, not just in our homestead, but in life is put up, put up boundaries around our minds and, and because the bad guys are coming, <laughs> like they're from every direction now, like I think more than ever, like deer, the deer, like the things that will nibble on you and de- degrade your efforts to be a better person, to live a more connected life, to to disassociate from things that are fleeting, you know, all of those I think are things that we struggle with in this human life, especially right now. I just feel like there's no, no one helping us build fences. Um, there's just this ultimate like fight for, for your mind, for your attention. And, um, I don't know. It's just a real detriment and that's getting onto like a much bigger picture. But I think as homesteaders, we tend to let that seep in, in ways that we, we don't always, and that kind of goes to that homesteader versus prepper mindset. We tend to kind of go to these dark places of, I have to make this work or my family's going to starve and, (laughs) or, you know, I put so much money in and I'm wasting my money or, you know, just our thoughts about wanting to be the providers for our own families and, especially because the dark days are upon us, right? Food prices are rising, gas might run out, the world might implode. And it feels more like pressure than like a passion to get this homestead thing up and running. And we have to protect ourselves from, I think, those thoughts as well. So it's like, how can we do that? How can we, um, how can we fortify our defenses against those things too? Not on the, not only on the external, but on the internal. I mean, and vice versa. I think life homesteading in general just has such a a constant uh, symbolism of bigger things. I mean, constant. So, but I think you also have to be in a a stance of staying aware of that uh, because if you don't, it's easy to fall into the, like, it's just not working for me. And well, I think thinking about it more is I think the way that we really kind of arrived at the, we got to fix this deer problem before Mm -hmm. we do anything else Mm -hmm. was we took a year off yeah. from planting anything we and um that shmita year like the seventh year for those of you that haven't followed us on that part but we took this past year off from homesteading completely and it allowed us the space to i mean we were still busy but it allowed us the space to kind of look at things differently especially in things that were planted and say you know this is what we want this is what we don't mm. want um it was like the personality test year for our, for our farm. I mean, we like, we're like, right. Oh, okay. Well, this is what we want more of. This is what we really thrive with here on schoolhouse farm. And, and some of that was perennials. Like we were like, you oh, know, yeah, we really sure. do love perennials way more than annuals, but why is it not working? And this is why it's not working. The not deer are yeah. eating the heck out of it. And mm-hmm. we've got to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And I know nurture those things you love. And I know some of you are thinking like, just, shoot the deer and hunt with hunt them but and i totally agree except our deer are like 100 percent nocturnal so they're ninja deer yeah when you look at the game cameras they like come out in the middle of the night because they know everybody's waiting 30. for them yeah yep. um 
Okay, well, just moving along. So that was the second thing is just learning more about oneself, but take a step back and learn more about one's homestead. I feel like that's a really good evaluation, too, of how do we apply self-development to our homestead, to take a step back and really determine what personality your homestead has and that helps your family thrive. Um, and how do you how do you cater to its strengths instead of just trying to, like, do everything? Because not everyone is going to be a market gardener. Not everyone is going to have... Um, I don't know, the best herbs around, you know, like everyone just needs to kind of really focus more on the specific thing. Well, I think if you get, if you personify the homestead, I think that that's true of like a lot of the consults we go on is the homestead is doing everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we preach all the time that no homestead is an island. You need to rely on your community uh, a homestead shouldn't be raising pigs, raising chickens, raising broilers, raising ducks, raising cows, raising goats, raising sheep, and trying to grow a vegetable garden. You know, like, that's too much. That's not focused. That's not, like, maybe you could get to that point if you hired some help. But on top of that, also trying to raise a family and have a job off the homestead. <laughs> right? Like, when yeah. you put it all out there, that sounds like a ton. But there's a lot of you that are trying to do that. and. Just imagine there are people that just come home and, like, watch movies at night. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, okay, so this actually leads really perfectly into the third third secret for self-development on the homestead, and that is how to um, learn how to more effectively deal with others, whether that be in boundaries, um, identifying personality differences, understanding how to communicate better, being aware of different perspectives and understanding where other people are coming from. I mean, I think that's all a huge piece of self-development and and could be farm development too. And I think it fits right in with what Drew was saying. I mean, we need to know our community. So how do we connect with the people around us and how do we cross-pollinate one another and serve each other and not do all the things but share? You know, maybe it's kind of create a tool co-op or um, a food co-op or a, you know, whatever the thing may be. One person grows carrots, the other's tomatoes, you know, it's just, we don't all have to do all the things. And in fact, we're far more productive when we can share those duties. Yeah. Of course, my ideal situation is commune, but we're not there yet. Um, but that is, you know, community is how it was meant to work. There'll be a butcher and a cobbler and a candlestick maker, right? But you have to be able to, um, to, to let go of control. And we can't do that if we don't feel like we have somebody there connect to connect with, and we can't connect with people if we don't get good at that skill. So I think a lot of people are like, well, there's no one around me. And I think the truth is there's always people around you and it may not be, you know, on the same block, but I guarantee within 20 minutes of almost everyone that's listening, there is someone or multiple people whom with whom you can collaborate in a lot of different ways. I think an important part to put to that, an important part to put to put that <laughs> is that the people that you might be meant to collaborate with might not, this is going to sound crazy, <laughs> oh, no. might not agree with you 100% on everything, mm. on values, on whatever. And politics. Politics. Oh. Right. But that doesn't mean that those people aren't real people and that those people don't want to help or those people don't want to be part of your community. Um, and we see this a lot and, you know, all over social media, especially, I mean, it's a horrible place out there right now where, but everybody who thinks that everybody has to think exactly like them 
It's the great or, separation. Or they're great going divide. to hell. And, yeah, like yeah. there's only one way that's the exact right way and only one person has that figured out. And the reality is that we need to find a way to work with each other and value each other's differences as much as our commonalities. And that to me is what real community is finding that, finding that common ground and working through that. Mm. Yeah. Um, And that's some serious personal development to get to a spot where you can do that because it's like easy to say, but it's not so easy in practice. No, it's not. And I think it's, always a ch- it's a challenge though because the more you're around people that you don't agree with the more you have to understand why you believe what you believe and i don't know that everyone is up to that challenge you know like right i don't agree with everyone that we can like have community with on everything right but i also still love them and i don't feel that our dis disagreements or not even disagreements but um our lack of agreeing a hundred percent on all of those things keeps us from, um, keeps any of us from feeling connected to one another, you know, or leaves us going home being like, well, maybe I was wrong about everything I thought before. I don't feel like that. Yeah. I feel like, Oh man, it's really nice to hear somebody else's perspective and, um, take on things. And yeah, it can be so refreshing to have a conversation with someone you don't agree with. If you come at it with the right mentality of, how, what is it that we do agree on here? Like taking a piece out of that in every situation. It, it can be really, really challenging. But again, I think it goes back to those four agreements and the one in particular, I'm not taking these personally. Because right. no one's making their life choices because of you. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like no one is choosing a political side because of you. Like they're. It's like I tell the kids most of the time, like people aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. And you know something? I came to the revelation of this year and it's just like sinking in more and more. But the. If you have been wronged by someone, I know this happens, you shouldn't just roll over. But at the same time, being of the mind that when someone teaches you foully, it's it's within them to feel that that's how they also deserve to be treated. And to be able to realize that and to say, this person hurt me and it was wrong, you know, like I, I didn't deserve that. But to take a step back and say, they hurt me because they feel like that's how people deserve to be treated, how they themselves feel they deserve to be treated. Right. And how do we help them through that terrible place, right? How do we come back to that and say, oh, no, 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 that's not okay. Not only do I not deserve to be treated like that, but neither do you. And, um, you know, maybe you can't have that actual conversation with them, but you can have that in your own heart for peace of mind anyway. Right. Um, Okay, moving on to, I forget what number we're on here. My notes would not number correctly, but um, Tapping into spirituality is, of course, a huge piece of self-development for Drew and I and for, I think, everyone. Um, I'll just read what I wrote here. So tapping into spirituality to feel better connected and and reassured. Um, How are you deepening your relationship with the creator, seeking wisdom, even when you think you know what you need? Um, How are you being open to epiphany in the word or through spiritually guided writings, meditations, or prayer? Are you connecting his hand in your homestead? And I think a lot of times this is something that I can be in like the foulest of moods and I'm like, okay, I just need to go to the garden and something will happen. I don't know. It's like a miracle plant will pop up and I'm like, where did that come from? You know, I think last summer I had a pretty big revelation because suddenly there was turmeric growing in my garden, even though, you know, it was the Shemitah year, I wasn't doing anything. And I turned over and I was like, what is that? And I had thrown out some soil and out of that grew some turmeric. And it was like, this just, 
I don't know, it was just a really beautiful um, moment for me. And I was able to say, oh, this is like the hand of the creator showing me that, you know, I don't have to do everything, right? right. Like I don't have to yeah. manipulate every situation for good to come of it. So I don't know, it was just a really beautiful moment. And that continues to happen. But I have to also like we just said with the Shemitah year, we had to take a break to be able to see a lot of things. I think a lot of times I have to sit down and not work, 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 work so much as just be open to what's happening, what's unfolding. Well, I think me. it's the reason we, I mean, it's one of the reasons I know that we also take a weekly Sabbath and mm. stop the work on the homestead because it does allow space for God to show his creation and show what is there mm. that if we don't allow space for God to be on our homestead, then it's pretty difficult for God to show up sometimes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So leaving space for that is huge and it can be more, more intentional than that. You know, just whether it's reading spiritual books, the scriptures, whatever, you know, make space for that and make sure you're tying that back into whatever you've got going on your homestead. Um, Okay, the next is developing new skills. So learn, 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 learn. This is personal development too. So I think a lot of times we get heady, but um, it really can come down to like learning something new, a new skill you can use on your homestead. Um, it could be creative, creative, I said that funny, but creative works. Like just, um, you know, sometimes I'll get inspired and I'll go outside and just find some plants and be like, okay, how can I arrange these into something fun? I love arranging the flowers that are in my garden and um, trying to, to come up with something out of nothing, you know, like weeds and things like that. What can you do? What can you learn? How can you explore? Um, and then, of course, you can do, dive deeper in that and take online courses or in-person courses. And um, maybe you need business growth tools and marketing education. These are all self-development. I mean, they all fall in there because you're yeah. just Or you need to learn more about grass and growing grass. <laughs> that's right. Or you need to, yeah, mm -hmm, that's a thing. Um and then I think the last solid point I'll make about self-development for the homestead is um, seeking accountability. Um, I think this is true in all elements of self-development. It's really important that you meet people who can be your peers or your mentors because um, without accountability, it's really hard to stay on track or to just even, even have perspective because we can get so um, – so caught up in what's going on around us and what we have to do every single day, you know, like the, the, in the grind, um, and accountability is just one of those things that can just can remind you, Oh yeah, that's right. I did say I was going to do that. Right. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's just really important to have that. And we get that at our former mastermind. We try to offer that to our cons our consults or our friends, clients who've um, had consults from us. And we have some exciting things coming in um, 2023 if accountability and um, this kind of work is something that you want. Um, but in the meantime, you know, who, who in your life is holding you accountable to the homestead goals that you have? Um, and I would, I would say that your spouse is honestly probably not the right answer. <laughs> right, no. Your spouse is not the right answer. I mean, it's one thing if you each have separate projects on your homestead, and that's totally reasonable. But for the most part, you're working on this thing together, and trying yeah. to hold each other accountable just sounds like nitpicking. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's especially hard with your spouse to not take it personally. Mm, uh, yeah. So that's my challenge to you since we're getting ready to go out here. As you get together with your families, as you get together on the homestead, 
as your as we head into winter and your boots get stuck in the mud and come off and your socks are all muddy, don't take it personally. Start thinking about that. How do you not take those things personally? And I think that's a good spot to stop. Are you good? No, I have more to say. Oh, you've got more to say. Go ahead. <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> I just think that the ultimate holistic homestead, like every good work of our hearts, is a living example of who we are. Um, and so, you know, whatever we're working on internally is what we'll show externally as well. And without knowing who you are, growing um, that and seeking ways to develop, it will constantly drain you. And I think that it's a worthwhile endeavor to continue to be surprised by your homestead and not let it just be the drudgery that Drew mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, if you're not happy on your homestead, talk to us. <laughs> you should be happy. You should be loving your homestead. Shouldn't be frustrated. And um, we can help you with the personal development aspect of it. Or we can help you by coming out and looking at things. And ultimately, a lot of it is personal development. Spoiler alert. Like, I don't feel like we've talked about it a lot at our at our audits. Like, this is personal development. We haven't, like, no, handed out personal development. No, we haven't given it, but we should. I would say that our skills, though, like, what we're able to bring to the table is refined by the personal development that we've done, yeah. which is extensive. And it's not like, well, it's oh, like look at me. I'm so well-developed. It's just, like, making, a, yeah. a lot of reading that we've right. intentionally been pushing ourselves, you know, just to learn more. And, you know, there's... I can promise you I could think of three things today I did that I'm ashamed of, but it doesn't change wow. the fact that I'm. <laughs> this was a good day. All right. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, if you would like some help on your homestead, give us a shout. Go to the schoolhouselife.com at the top. You can sign up for the homestead audit. We can come out and help you figure out what's going on in the homestead, help you figure out what's going on in your head. And um, we oh, keep an eye on our emails. Keep an eye on our emails. We have secrets coming out. We have some special things coming out for the new year and maybe even sooner. Thanks for listening, friends.